Champ Consultants is an award-winning independent firm of highly experienced, qualified accountants and tax advisors based in Caterham, providing a fully comprehensive range of accountancy and tax services. If you would like simple but creative answers to your tax problems, call Champ Consultants, your business partner, on 01883 349 300. Good morning and welcome to your business hour with me, Chantal. And me, Matthew. And today I'm going to be chatting with Linda. So I've got a really lovely bio here, but I really don't want to read it because Linda's story is so lovely that um, I think she should be the one to tell you all about it. All I'm going to say is Linda's um, has a Facebook group called Save Money, Make Money, which we're going to be talking about later. And she basically, in 2019, she was almost brought to her knees in a moment of utter clarity just before Christmas. And she walked out of her corporate role and invested her time and efforts into personal and professional development and now helps other midlifers define their passion, build strategies and create sustainable profit business they love serving them well rather than as a boss her passion now is helping women see beyond the nine to five with coaching programs workshops masterclasses and one-to-one mentoring but linda i'm not going to do any of the talking i'm going to let you explain how you got into what you do what you do and yeah because you're yeah it's such a lovely story i'm going to let you do it all (laughs) well thank you for the lovely introduction and thank you for inviting me onto the show. I'm really uh, honoured and privileged to be here. So my story goes way, way back. And so I was born the youngest of six children. Money was tight. I didn't really know it was tight. We had everything we needed or could possibly want. But when I went to college, I realised that other people had had foreign holidays or were being bought cars or all of that kind of stuff. So it kind of opened my eyes to money for the first time because my mum was really industrious with six children there were eight of us in the household pets galore etc so at college I met my future husband I was 16 when I met him he's French and was doing his um it's HND at, uh, at the time in engineering and we ended up getting engaged and we moved to France so I moved there as an au pair when I was 18 And then we moved in together uh, when he'd finished his national service uh, in Toulouse. So I became, I had done French at college, fortunately. Thank goodness he wasn't German because my (laughs) German was absolutely abominably awful. And I've always loved France. I've always loved the the French uh, language. I've loved their way of life. I've loved everything about it. So we lived very happily in Toulouse from 1984 to 2000 and I worked as a civil servant in the airport for the majority of that time we had three lovely children they went to French school we lived uh, as a French family bathed in that ethos of living with the seasons growing your own barbecues were phenomenal in France so everybody would bring an amazing homemade dish they preserved food they had wells in their garden and they learned to shop with the seasons and cook from scratch So I was bathed in that for the majority of my formative adult, young adult years, really. So we moved back to England when his family business um, folded. And it's something that I'd always wanted as part of a big family. I missed my own siblings, especially as the youngest. So we moved back to England in 2000. And at that point, the marriage broke down and we have remained the best of friends. He remained in England. We co-parented our children He lives half a mile down the road, spends Christmas with us. We're Because we've known each other the whole of our lives, I think it's a very different scenario to if you meet somebody in the latter years. So I became a single parent and I had had a job at Peugeot because of um, my French language. It was an hour away from home and it was too far with the children. So I moved back to my hometown. I'm in Worcestershire in the middle of England, and I worked my way up the corporate ladder to become um, a senior account manager in a global manufacturing company. Now, I had the best boss, and I'm not just saying that, she was phenomenal. She was somebody who had this massive insight into how to 
um, say yes and we'll figure it out later. So don't stop at the what if, don't stop at the I don't know how or I don't know the, the what. We jumped into all these um, big problems that you can imagine in, in corporate uh, entities that you can, you can do. So I had a brilliant, brilliant mentor in her and I quickly pro progressed. I started off as a customer service uh, manager in the French account. So I became French account manager. So I used to travel to France a couple of times a month, which was from a logistical point of view with my children quite interesting. <laughs> but my, I've got two boys and a girl and the, the, the boys are um, six and eight years older than my daughter. So they were very helpful. And I've got family and friends helping out as well. So in parallel to that, as a single mum, I learned how to be really resourceful with anything and everything that I got. So coming from the French background, I brought with me cooking from scratch, shopping locally. So I prefer greengrocers and local uh, fishmongers to the big supermarkets. It's just a personal preference. I find that less choice helps me choose more easily. But it, because of the French background, I had dabbled in shabby chic, upcycling, and this is the days before the internet. So I'm 58 for anybody uh, listening. So back in the 80s in, in France was a huge boom in the shabby chic era, and I did lots of classes and upcycling and sold at uh, lovely country craft fairs. I didn't ever master it because I'm kind of slapdash lil, but I would always have a go. So fast forward to uh, being a single mum and I carried on upcycling furniture. I would buy uh, at boot sales on market book, uh, Marketplace uh, on Facebook and I would do them up, just paint them uh, with uh, specialist paints. I would do decoupage and hand painted stuff, change the handles and I got an eye for staging them. So I continued to do that in my corporate career. And at a certain point, I want to say it was about 2018, the company was going through some changes and wanted to make people redundant. But I was known in the business as the persuader. So for any given situation, uh, I could always find a creative solution that would not necessarily give the best outcome for everybody, but it was okay with everyone. So I was given that name and they said, we will be keeping you on. We'll be getting rid of a number of people. But in the interim of um, ex extracting ourselves from some of the co uh, co contracts that we've got with the major retailers, would you help out with some of those accounts? And of course I said yes. I'm a nice person. Of course <laughs> I said yes. But there was, no, there was no end date on it. And my failing, I think, was just to get my head down and see the company through this mega change. So we had had dabblings as an account manager. I'd had dabblings with project management, technical, um, launching new products, copywriting, the lot. And all of a sudden, it all landed on me. The other account manager was relatively new and there was uh, some pressure there to help her out as well. So that was in 2018. Early 2019, my eldest sister... Um, was diagnosed with cancer and I had already lost a sister in 95 to cancer so it was almost a question of um, here we go again and it was very painful to watch her go through that her daughter my niece Nadia had lived with me on and off through the years so when my sister passed away she came to live with me and I saw her through her grief of losing her mum while I was going through the grief of losing my second sister and helping my parents come to terms with losing a second child. It's never easy losing a family member or a loved one, but I think to lose a child is just the worst. So that was early 2019, and work was piling on, piling on, piling on, to the point where I couldn't see the woods for the trees. I couldn't see that I was drowning. I couldn't think straight, whereas I had worked in data and statistics for the whole of my career, the numbers were swimming in front of me and I was I was just drowning but couldn't see it. So as the viewers will probably be aware, you know, a lot of companies pay lip service to mental health and well-being and they put all the banners up and they have the little workshops. But when push comes to shove, they don't really know what to do. I'm not blaming them. It's just what it was. And as if that wasn't enough, I was also uh, in a relationship with a chap and we had decided to move in together. 
uh, towards the end of 2019. So we rented an amazing house. He was going to rent out his property. I was renting mine out and we moved in together. We had a row on Christmas Eve and I went to sleep in the spare room. It was a stupid, silly row. And I woke up on Christmas morning to find him gone. But not only had he gone, he had taken everything that I needed to host Christmas Day that day with my family. So he had taken the turkey, the Christmas chocolates, the alcohol, the television, the internet, the kettle, the tea, the coffee, the mugs, the sugar, uh, pretty much everything. So my family and friends rallied around and we had the most amazing Christmas with my mum. And following that, I moved back into my house and we had to arrange for the house to be rented out. Well, this was the beginning of 2019 in January. Nobody really wants to rent a house in the January. So there were mortgages to pay and rent and it was tough. So I had been signed off work. I had just about the 9th of December in 2019. In a moment of clarity or madness, some might say, I closed my laptop and I picked up all of my things. And my colleague said, oh, you're having a tidy up, Linda. And I said, yep, yep. And I, I wasn't. I literally closed my laptop, put my things together and walked out and never went back. Um, it was the right decision for me. I can't say I did it with a clear head, but I felt like I had no choice. Um, I'm quite a spiritual person and in touch with energies and my own energetics. And it just felt like the only option for me there and then. I subsequently handed my notice in. I didn't want to go back to corporate. I couldn't see how things would change. And the world went mad in the March 2020. Mm. Um, you know, everything mm. shut down. So there was an eerie element to it where... There was time for a lot of people, I think, to take stock and think about what they wanted out of life. And I chose to invest in personal and professional development. So I had done NLP in and got a qualification in it in about 2004. So it's something I'd already always, always been interested in. In fact, going back to school, when I left school, I went to college. I chose sociology thinking that it was psychology which is a bit daft, but it's the truth. <laughs> so I had always wanted to be involved in learning about the mind, what makes us tick, how we can um, dig deep and find those resources. And that was something that was to hold me in good stead when I needed to draw on all of my resourcefulness and my resilience to get through 2020. So I then invested in uh, a couple of courses that were Looking at passive income, I looked at selling on Amazon because I had done product development. The course was huge. And although it had been set out as, you know, take 10, here are the 10 steps, there were about 400 million steps. And each of those steps had about 2,000 steps with subset headings. And oh, it was huge and mind blowing. But it allowed me to delve deep into what I could do, my strengths, my weaknesses, and actually what I wanted to do. So I took quite a number of courses, some of them on the personal development side, some of them on the practical side. And the biggest one was uh, 2022, last year. I did a big business development course, and that allowed me to really dig deep into um, what I can do, what I want to do, and what I can make money from. So those are the three pillars, really, of people who might be looking to set up themselves in a business. And we know that bricks and mortar really isn't somewhere that's thriving at the moment we know that you know a lot of the retailers are struggling christmas has been good for them which is a bonus but they are struggling rents and utilities and everything going up so the online arena seemed somewhere that was perfect now as a midlifer uh, i often come across people who think it's too late in fact somebody in my group this morning who's 10 years older than me who's amazingly talented, um, said it's too old to start a new career. So um, when I was in corporate and worked with technical, we had um, uh, something called, uh, where, where we had to substantiate claims, and it's something I've carried with me. So when you hear something like, I'm too old, I often challenge people to say, well, what's the evidence to, to substantiate that claim? And if you look into it, there are people in their 80s and 90s who start new businesses. So there really isn't any uh, depth to that belief. And it's the difference between what is a belief and what is a fact. And if you unravel all of that, oftentimes we can find out that it's 
a lack of confidence or the mindset that does it. So in doing my uh, big business course, we were encouraged to set up a, a Facebook community in the form of a Facebook group. So that's when I set up my save money, make money group. And the reason I set it up like that, rather than business strategy or the mindset you need to um, start a new career, I've got this two pronged approach, which I took in 2020 when I left my corporate job, which was cutting back, cutting your cloth accordingly, I suppose you could say it, cutting back to live a more sustainable lifestyle. So I've been heavily involved in the reduction in plastics in the manufacturing environment that I was in. Um, the technical element of it was using organic products and reducing packaging and logistics, etc. So it kind of came together in my group or in my head that I would have something sustainable with a lifestyle so people can see how I live and we can see how they live. We can share hints and tips. And it just so happens that we also have the cost of living crisis. So, you know, there's lots of things that I've done personally that I share in the group. So I do a lot of preserving, which is a very French um, way of life. You know, if you go and buy a posh tin of carrots and peas from Waitrose in a jar, you can do that at home for pennies. Um, upcycling, recycling, repurposing, using what you've got. Um, and also on the making money side, it will be all about um, using what you've got. So we do posts on, you know, if you want to start selling books and DVDs, the hints and tips to do it, the forums that you can join to um, learn a little bit more about it. And along the way, these are things that I've done. And in the group, we've got people chipping in with their hints and tips and ideas. And the third element to the group is starting your own business. So this is where my uh, business training comes in and the background behind it. So I haven't seen another group that allies the both. So it is new, but I'm not frightened of doing something new. I think in this day and age, there's room for everybody. It, uh, you know, there are people who are hyper specialized in one specific thing. Let's call it copywriting for spiritual coaches but there is also room for people who are finding their way. So this was my way of giving back, if you like, and also making my own, um, having a second go at a career, I suppose. So in that group, um, I started at the end of the summer. And then in parallel to that, I was, um, I saw a post on Instagram about people asking for stories about saving money. So I contacted them and they ended up doing um, a big spread in the uh, magazine called Best. And I was on the front page with Catherine, the future Queen of England. And I hadn't really got an idea of what format the story would take, because as you can tell, I'm a chatterbox and there are lots of stories in there. But they ran it on the front page with a Christmas angle about how my partner had left. But the double page spread that they did, which was amazing, went on to talk about my sustainable plastic-free living and my Facebook group about helping others, hints and tips with that, but also finding their passion and um, allowing themselves to maybe do something that they hadn't really considered or hadn't got the confidence to do it. So my group marries the mindset. So that's my background in NLP. And I was also very fortunate with the lovely boss that I had. She allowed me to do a very specialist training called uh, Crucial Conversations, which breaks down all of the steps people need to take to hold a difficult conversation. So I won't go into much detail here, but it's something that I would say everybody needs, but nobody's really heard about. So if you're having a difficult conversation, let's say you don't want children and your partner does, how do you break that all down? So that's another element that I bring into the group. So it's bringing the mindset and the action within a sustainable life and finding your passion to make it into a profit. So I do kind of gear it towards midlifers, not just women, because there are men in the group. Um, and I truly believe that you, what you put out to the universe, you will attract back. So naturally, the people who are coming into the group tend to be um, 40 plus. But it, we have youngsters as well who are absolutely, I call them old souls because it's what I was as a youngster. You know, these people that are born kind of wise and worldly and um, and they bring another element to the group as well. So 
hopefully that hasn't been too much waffle and answered a couple of your questions definitely and there's no way i could do all of that anyways an intro <laughs> so, <laughs> so, to fit so it into 30 seconds yeah no definitely definitely not which is why i didn't even attempt to really so the obviously you've got your, your passion and, and everything on what you love to do and there's probably people listening right now who are thinking to themselves, my God, that's like, that's so me. I really want to do that. I really want to do that. But how do I make money from doing all of that sort of stuff? I mean, obviously, so there's a love for um, upcycling and recycling and doing like all your own homegrown stuff and whatever else. And even but- there's lots of zero waste shops out there now, but they're struggling. Yeah. The whole retail environment, they're competing against the big supermarkets. And it's it's a big gamble for someone to, to do that kind of business in this current climate well, here's here's the thing you are absolutely right in saying that matthew however it doesn't have to be a gamble you don't have to leave your job so i hadn't left my job when i was doing all my side hustles i'm not a fan of the word hustle because it makes it sound like it's difficult mm. but if we've all got time to watch harry and megan on netflix we've all got time to do a, a little something on the side so Um, having a healthy lifestyle and a balance is the number one thing for me. So if that means um, not working too hard, which is me, I don't want to work too hard. I'm 58. I don't want um, to have to get up in the morning and think I've got to be at my desk at eight o'clock and I've got to do this. So in the group, there are um, people who are evidence this as well. And what they've done is just taken even an hour a week. So I've got a lovely lady who does crocheting and she is super, super talented. She doesn't even realize how good she is. Her way of thinking is I don't want to be pressured into making the same thing over and over again. So that's a mindset piece for me. And I said, you could make one offs. So she does it in front of the television and she could, if she wanted to do, uh, to do it, open an Etsy store or Facebook marketplace or Gumtree or Vinted And like you said, Matthew, a lot of these zero-waste shops are struggling. The one that I uh, Dan rode for me on the high street closed about six months ago. They just couldn't face the rent. But these people have gone online. So they've taken what they know. They've taken um, an area in the market that they know there is um, potential to earn some money in. And they're also doing what they love. So those are the three elements, really. And I go over them in the group. So... Although the group is relatively new and it kind of skyrocketed with the stories in the press. So it was in Best magazine. Then the Sun picked up on it. It was in the Sun, which was odd. Uh, And the Mirror online also picked it up. So I have people like you say who are watching, listening, reading, thinking, well, that's all very well for you, but I can't see what I could do. So my hope and, and wishes for the group is that people will join the group. I don't expect people to have to join in. They don't absolutely don't have to. If you want to lurk, fine. Come along, have a look, see, get a feel for me, get a feel for the community that it is. And you can join in, uh, post or comment at any point, but there is absolutely no pressure. There will be um, workshops and masterclasses as we go forward. And what I'm doing is trying to get the vibe of the group Um, get a feel for it so I know what they want rather than me imposing I'm doing this that's not how I like working so I understand that other people won't like doing that so there will be um, classes if you like like live zooms a bit like this where there'll be me presenting with a breakdown of a certain idea now that might be a money mindset so the first one I'll be doing soon this month will be a money mindset So what are the gremlins that we've got that prevent us from moving forward? So as Matthew said, you know, people are struggling, they they work and they don't want to take any risks. Well, we then break down, could you do it in your spare time? What are your beliefs behind money? What did your parents say in your house? You know, money doesn't grow on trees or we can't afford that. And we go over these and break down these beliefs. So it's not a heavy five-day session where you've got to show up and there's a questionnaire and I tick the answers. It's very free-flowing, very much making you think, oh, I hadn't thought of it that way. And also, because I am living proof that you can start again and show people that I've just dipped into everything that I've ever done. So I opened myself up to finding 
within me all of those soft skills, all of the joys and the passion I had in life, and is there a market for it? So that will be part of a course that I'll be offering out later in the spring where we go into much more detail about what you could do. Is there a market for it? How do you market yourself? Not everybody is a chatterbox. How do you do social media? You know, in the past, you would have a high street and you would have an accessory shop. You would walk by and think, oh, I like that. I'm going to go in and I'm going to buy some accessories. Nowadays, how would you find that shop online? It's it's, um, a sea of people trying to do the same thing. So social media is key. PR, which is kind of what I'm doing now, so I'm really honoured to be here, but it's also PR. How do you get yourself out there? How do you um, jump at opportunities? Where are the opportunities? How do you do Instagram? How do you do Facebook? How do you do a reel? You know, it's the one thing that people block on, and they are often blocks. So within the group, for the moment, that's the place that I am helping people Although later on, um, there will be, um, you know, Instagram, LinkedIn, there'll be Pinterest, there'll be uh, a website. And as I grow my business, I think people will be interested in the journey that I'm going on. So as somebody who's not established, it would be quite nice for them to think, oh, well, it's, you know, rather than thinking it's easy for her, she's been doing this for 20 years. I can share with the group, I had... Uh, my experience with NLP and my experience as um, an international speaker for the training that I did and rolling it out in my company, I can tell you what I'm doing to bring that into what I'm doing now. So it's taking those elements that you might not even realize you've got, breaking down all of the skills you've got, and then discarding what you don't want to do, because life's too short. I think the pandemic has shown us that life is too short to do stuff that we don't want to do. So whereas a lot of people got into, I don't know, having a hot tub or building a shed in their garden, a lot of people did lots of personal stuff Mm -hmm. as well that they could now bring with them into the future. And I think with the cost of living crisis and the uh, mindset piece that I've got, it's quite a unique arena that I'm hoping. I mean, for the moment, people are really, really enjoying it. The feedback I'm getting is phenomenal. And the more I show of myself, which is, it can be a barrier because people think that showing their vulnerable side is a weakness. But I can categorically tell you that sharing my story, and not everybody's got a story like that, and not everybody wants to share it, but I have become comfortable with showing my more vulnerable side. I don't mind telling people, you know, I was a single mum. Um, I've got three grown-up children. One of them lives in Australia now. You know, the struggles that we can feel. But I also have this unique ability, and I have been accused of being La La Linda, which is hilarious, (laughs) always finding a positive spin. So even when my second sister passed away, I was the one that had to tell my mum. Well, I didn't have to. I, With my sisters and my brother, um, we agreed it would be... um, gentler on my mum if I did so I just did it in a beautiful soft gentle way and I brought her into all the memories that nobody can ever take us uh, away from us and how fortunate we were so she was 65 when she died my mum had obviously had her for 65 years I had had her for much fewer because I'm 10 years younger and we ended up looking through all the family photos and just honoring her rather than wallowing in Mm. tears and grief we have obviously had tears and grief but at that time, it felt nice to have a little bit of a, a reminiscing period. So I do have this kind of unique um, chip in my brain where I can access something positive out of a negative. I honestly can. So hopefully that's um, given you a little bit of an insight into what the group does and how marrying your business with your passion, if there's a market for it, is something that a lot of people can do. Whether they believe they can or not is the mindset piece that I also tackle. 
And also, like, you touched on their, like, age. And people often say, like, oh, no, I'm too old to do that. I'm too old to do that. But um, sometimes you've also mentioned on their experience as well. So, obviously, a, a 40, 50, 60-year-old person or even an 80-year-old person um, who wants to start something new has got a realm of experience that they could bring with them um, that a 15 or 20-year-old can't bring. Um, exactly. So just because you're old doesn't mean you haven't got the experience or the knowledge. Well, define old. How old is old? Well, yeah, I'm and not going to go down that route. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So this, you absolutely hit the nail on the head. We have all this life experience. And I, um, when I'll be doing the, the classes in, in the group, that people don't have to pay to join. It'll just be on there for free. They can dip in and out and there'll be replays available. They'll see just how many... Um, areas of experience and wisdom and skills that they've got that they hadn't necessarily considered. So during the lockdown, there was a lady who was a little bit overweight and she got hula hoop and she has now got the most massive following. She's, uh, I would say she's nothing, um, no, no influencer, no Instagram superstar. She's a, a, a mum, a housewife who just hit the hula hoop went live on Facebook and she's got, I don't know, 75,000 followers now, just being herself. So she actually is an affiliate for the hula hoops themselves. So if you said to somebody, oh, I haven't got anything, I've got no, nothing that I can think of, we can work it through together and find out, like I said, what you want to do, because just because you can, doesn't mean to say you, you should. You know, there are things that I can do. I can speak fluent French, but I don't want to teach it. I don't want to be a teacher. It's not something that brings me joy. So I would cross that one off. But we, there are ways of working through this to find out all of your skills. And then the, the magic part is bringing it all together into this offer that you then can move forward with, grow to the, to the size that you want. So I'm not um, a jet set guru, you know, jetting off to some tropical island with a laptop lifestyle. I am happy at home. I've got three dogs. My 25-year-old daughter lives with me. That's where I want to be. I want to have barbecues for my kids. But I do want to make money so I can buy a house near my son in Australia. So that's my driving factor, if you like. The thing that I always come back to is if I play small, will I ever have that second home in Australia so I can go and stay with him for three months? So not everybody has to play big but you have to define what it is you want. And that, again, is the mindset piece. But there's no good having the mindset if you don't take actionable steps. And there's no good taking action if your mindset isn't in the right place because you just will take the wrong steps and you'll beat yourself up and you'll prove yourself right that you can't do it. So those two key pieces, the mindset and the action, are what I base a lot of it on. And I challenge people in a very soft and gentle way. I'm a mum. And I've always encouraged my kids to do the same, just to put a different spin on it, think a little bit differently. And that's how I help people is to come at it from a different angle and just lift them up a little bit and help them see that there are there isn't just one way of doing something. There's room for everybody and we can dig a little bit deeper into the mindset. I completely understand that people don't want to go live in a Facebook group. You don't have to. You know, all the barriers that we put in place, I can counter with, you know, you, I could show you accounts that are super successful where they haven't shown their face once. So we don't have to stop at a no. We can dig a little bit deeper, see the reasons behind the, the blocks that we've got, and then unravel them and see how we move forward with them. So that's, that's the bit that I think will interest um, people who aren't, necessarily of a business background thinking how how can I do that what about me like I'm I'm uh, somebody who's never had a craft or never upcycled well you don't have to we can work through the skills join in the group there will be somebody there are 850 people in the group now and really I only started working on it from November so it's a growing community where I'm hoping that people come together to help each other that would be my hope is that somebody in that group will say, well, that was me a couple of years ago, and now I've got an Etsy store, or I sell on Marketplace, or all of these wonderful platforms. And this is the best time to be online. It really, really is. So 
I am a sociable person, chatterbox, as you can tell. But I also think that you can have that online. You know, we can build these communities and help people. So um, part of my pillars, my values, if you like, is giving back. So I'm doing that in the group. And I'm also a volunteer for uh, a food charity that collects surplus food from supermarkets. So I, I've done this for months because I couldn't stand the thought of, you know, supermarkets throwing the food away. And I like being part of a community, but it also shows people that you can find time. I never really want to go out at nine o'clock at night and collect food from a couple of stores and take it to a depot. But once I'm in the car and picking that food up and seeing how many people have donated food and how many meals have been made from it, well, that makes me feel good. Mm. And that's the kind of vibe I want in the group is um, explore your explore your options. You can always change your mind. It's never too late. It's never too late. Brilliant. I'm living proof of that. Exactly. Champ Consultants is an award-winning independent firm of highly experienced, qualified accountants and tax advisors based in Caterham, providing a fully comprehensive range of accountancy and tax services. If you would like simple but creative answers to your tax problems, call Champ Consultants, your business partner, on 01883 349 300. And welcome back to your business hour with myself, Chantal. And me, Matthew. And we're chatting to Linda. So, Linda, we've talked a bit about your you basically, and we've like definitely um, all your history and everything else. Now we're going to start picking your brain a bit for a couple of few tips, really. So we're in this unfortunate cost of living crisis. It's expected, obviously, that this recession is probably going to last the whole of the next year, maybe. Hopefully, not too far into the next one after that. But when people are obviously sitting there and they get their pay packet every month or their, their business is not doing as well and they're struggling financially, um, you've obviously said that your history is in France where very much is like grow your own and stuff like that. So people can hopefully get a few tips on there on how they might be able to help money. But what other possible tips might you have for potential cost of living crisis situations as we are now? So the number one thing, and it is a bit of a block for a lot of people, is to ask for help. There is so much help out there. I'm talking grants, I'm talking charities, I'm talking family and friends. And oftentimes we don't want to ask. We, we believe it's a weakness, but people are kind, people are good, and people want to help, and they like being asked. So I would say first and foremost, um, ask if you need some help. I understand that there is a whole generation of people who don't really know how to cook from scratch. So that's something that's quite easy. You know, you can go online, you can find somebody that you like on social media. You can ask your granny or your mum or your auntie. Find somebody who um, you want to be like and ask for their help. Don't put that barrier in place to thinking that they won't want to help you. And if one person says no, move on to the next so I, the, the number one thing I would say is ask for help. And that might be in terms of um, food banks. It could be in terms of growing your own. So, so simple, growing your own. I didn't do it for years because I thought, oh, I've got to have the right soil and a pH level of this. And I'm going to have to water with 2.4 milliliters of water. And I don't know about pruning. Rubbish. Get the plants in. Get some plugs. Go and see somebody on the allotment down the road. They're... The gardening world is the most beautiful community where they just want to tell you how to do it too. They love talking about it. And I can tell you that growing my own, I only did it for the first time last year, was phenomenal. Picking your own veg is just something magical. And it probably and, tastes so different as well, doesn't it? And it's got that different yeah. because you actually grew it. So it tastes that it better was just as well. Going into it was, I mean, green beans and tomatoes, strawberries, raspberries. Um, I did um, runner beans, mange too. Those were so, so simple. You go out one day and they're tiny. You go out the next day and there's a foot-long bean that you pick and cook. It was brilliant. The, um, so I would definitely say ask around you and try and get some inspiration. Pick, up, pick one thing because otherwise it can become overwhelming. Don't try and plant apple trees galore fruit takes years to grow but the soft fruits like raspberries and strawberries are easy um 
if you're struggling with money, then ask your bank. When I left work, I rang the bank up and I said, is there any help available? So they gave me options X, Y, and Z. Um, it's not so simple to go into the branch anymore, but ask for help. You can, um, if you're struggling to find things for your home, so I gave out some hints and tips when they said we were going to have um, power cuts uh, of all the things you could do, you know, making a draft excluder, getting your candles in, charity shops. I'm a huge fan of charity shops. It's not always the cheapest place because their prices have gone up as um, the cost of living you know, is around us, but you can find, so most of my jars that I preserve in are from charity shops, not from high street stores. So um, make sure that you've got your eye open for when you do see a bargain. Don't just limit yourself to, to now, but also use Facebook Marketplace. There are free groups. If you type in free to collector and your hometown, all the groups will come up on Facebook. You've got Gumtree, which is partnered with Facebook, where you people are giving stuff away. I have had a sofa for £25. I was given, somebody was giving away a dining table, which seats six people and four chairs. I rubbed it down, painted it. It's in my living room now. Most of the items in my house have come for free. Now, I, I'm not of the mindset that I'm taking it away from someone. I Honestly, honestly, when I've picked it up from people, they've said, we're glad to see the back of it. We had people with who said they would collect it and didn't. They just want rid of it. So that's a huge tip for people if you are in need of something. Whether we're talking kettles or household goods or clothes or um, something for your crafting, you, you will find it on Facebook categorically. In terms of your house, make sure that you have done everything that you can to bring your um, gas and electricity prices down. So air fryers are huge at the moment. You can't go two foot without somebody talking about a blasted air fryer. I've got one and I can tell you they're brilliant. So instead of heating up an oven to put a baked potato in, you're now just doing it in the air fryer. Um, if you're putting the oven on because you're doing a roast chicken, make sure you fill it, for example, with potatoes. They then go in the freezer and you microwave them um, a jacket potato. So you haven't wasted the energy in the oven. You've utilized it because you've already got the oven on. Make sure your windows are um, sealed. You can get foam to go around the, uh, the seals to make sure you haven't got any um, air leaking through so that you're not paying an absolute fortune. Make sure you know your bills, how much your energy costs, what you're using the most on. It's a bit of a surprise. So those short, sharp blasts of electricity take your electricity bill through the roof. It's not necessarily what you, you think is costing you money that, that is. You know, and little things like having a shower instead of a bath, making sure that you've got heavy lined curtains up at the windows. Get your loft insulated. There are plenty of grants out there. You, It was... The number one thing that made a difference to my bills was insulating my loft and getting the loft hatch redone. Number one thing. I took all of the um, radiators out of the upstairs when I had had my loft insulated and my loft hatch redone. I don't have any heating on upstairs. So um, go through things logically, I think, uh, I'd say, and try and pick one thing first. Do that. So it might be curtains or look at grants, or look at help. The uh, Citizens Advice Bureau can help, and online as well. So the one thing I always say is my brain is like 600 Excel sheets that I can quickly rummage through the files and pull things out. So there's not enough time here to, to tell you everything. But I would say be careful where you shop because you, it's easy to give in to temptation. I know someone who spent £5,000 during the first year of lockdown on takeaways. Oh. Yeah. Now, that is a family holiday for them and a really nice family holiday. And she was devastated when she realised how much, you know, it was just £20 here, £30 there, but it was several times a week. Mine was the opposite. I had time on my hands to cook from scratch. So I am the person that can make coleslaw from a broccoli stump. I can make soup from half a tin of baked beans and some tomatoes. I learned those skills years ago, but um, what do they say? What's it called? Um, invention is, what's that saying? 
There's the no same idea. thing. Invention is the mother of something, isn't it? It's. It is the mother of invention. No, it's the... yeah. If you come back to me once we're off air, yeah, definitely. You know what I'm thinking about. Yeah, yeah. In Matthew's times googling need, it now. <laughs> in times of need, you have to become inventive. So what I did in 2020, I didn't just look at cutting back because it can be soul destroying just cutting back all day every day like i haven't got enough i haven't got enough and i refuse to live in lack it's necessity necessity that's it necessity is the mother of invention thank you matthew that would have driven me mad (laughs) yeah i refuse to live in scarcity mode i am frugal but i am not somebody who doesn't spend money i spend it on stuff that brings me joy but if i can get it cheaper i'll always look for that cheaper option so just get a bit clever and a bit creative and a bit um, savvy. But I think, like like you said, um, home cooking and things like that. I mean, I I come from a very Mediterranean background, and um, it was always, always since the day I was born, there was something in the cooker, something on a hob being cooked from scratch. Um, and lit- and I've taught that to my children as well all the time. I have three boys, and I, I'm very fortunate that I have three boys that are all very good cooks. So they'll all make very, very good husbands and whatever one day. <laughs> exactly. But um, I do think that sometimes we think to ourselves, oh, I just like, oh, I just want a kiss- chicken casserole. I'll just go and buy it ready-made or whatever else but the i personally think the the reward you get from cooking it and the and if you are an entrepreneur and you're constantly working and you're you're a mum and you've got kids and you've got school runs and you've got everything else actually an hour or half an hour in a kitchen cooking from scratch is actually really quite therapeutic and to me for your mental health it's actually quite rewarding because it's almost like you zone out completely don't you you hit the nail on the head because in 2020 when i left work my partner had left coming to terms with you know what the world what was happening in the world the one thing that kept me on the straight and narrow was chopping vegetables and i know it sounds daft but i honest to god chopping those vegetables to me and making something out of nothing out of some carrots and some onion and some herbs and spices was therapeutic to me other people did yoga other people got in the hot tub other people did hula hooping i chopped vegetables we had so much soup coming out of our ears (laughs) stews and stuff but it really was that chopping up of the fine vegetables was my 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 little happy place it really really was so you you're absolutely spot on and i also think once you've learned the basics people think that cooking from scratch you're going to have to have this huge pantry you don't you just need the basics like for me a risotto is so simple so delicious and so cheap pea risotto is one of the cheapest things you can make. Well, it was before the price of rice went up. God knows now. But it's a very easy dish. And people think, oh, risotto, I can't cook risotto. I need to have like this and I need this and I need that. But it's so easy. It's just like, just just do it. So yeah, Absolutely. Go for it. And what's the worst that can happen? Exactly. The worst can happen is it's undercooked. You've got to cook it a bit longer. Exactly. <laughs> or you just like think, oh, I'm not going to do that one again, but I'll still eat it anyway. We might have to do another show on these three wonderful boys that can cook to <laughs> teach them how to tidy up after themselves. <laughs> that doesn't come with the Mediterranean background. No, no, no. That comes with being a mum. That, that's, a, that's a downer. That for another day, Matthew. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Definitely. Definitely. So um, just going to... Um, We've got your group to remind everybody on. So your Facebook group is on Facebook and it's Save Money, Make Money. So anybody can um, jump on, um, answer a couple of questions, two, three questions, and and then request to join your group. Yeah, so it's a private group. And the reason I've done that is because when people are in the group, if you're sharing personal information, you don't want it going out to a million people on Facebook. So when, when we say a private group, It's just like you would join a gym. You know, you can't walk in off the street and go to the gym because, you know, so-and-so has chosen that gym because they like the vibe, they like the atmosphere, they like the location. So you think of a Facebook group like that. The questions are literally, where did you find me? You don't have to answer the questions if you don't want to. And then it's, what are you most interested in? Saving money, making money or starting a business. And that just allows me to adapt the information that I share in there to the audience that I've got. But if you type in save money, make money, 
into Facebook, it should come up. I haven't had people finding it difficult to find it, even if they haven't got the link. Yeah, no, Matthew's just On my walk to the office after this show, I'm going to pop my head in to say hello to the owner of the Zero Waste Shop and tell her about your group. So. Oh, fabulous. Because so, yes. I know it's Brilliant. a passion of yours and uh, they could probably do with some help. So let me um, yeah. give them a little boost and send them your direction. Definitely, yeah. That's exactly the kind of people that I would love to help. So the last post that I put up, you're talking about tips before, I was gifted a Chinese money plant. They're called Pilea. Um, they're like, I don't know why they're called Chinese money plants, but they they're are. They're very small, anyway, thick leaves, yeah. aren't they? Well, you say that, but I have now got about 20 of them. So they start really small. They're really easy to look after. And what I do is get pots and containers from the charity shops. In fact, I went to see my other sister yesterday and she gave me five pots. A little bit of soil in the bottom. You can pull the plants apart, repot them. That is a brilliant way for people to make money. Honestly, sell them. If you if you were to go online and see the price of these plants in a garden centre, they're probably 12 to 15 pounds. Wow. So from one plant that I was gifted... I now have, they're dotted all around the house. I give them away to friends and family that come to the house. But if I wanted to, you could absolutely sell them on. Um, and that was the, I did a reel on all of my lovely Chinese money plants. Uh, I've got, so I, I don't want people to think that it's a heavy group where it's going to be me teaching you, blah, blah, blah. It's a community where I am literally like you've heard today, sharing what I know, helping where I can, um friends and family love it and also build up a brilliant brilliant rapport with complete strangers which is pretty much what i always did in life i was that person that would chew your ear off at the bus stop brilliant matthew's just showing me your reel on his facebook so yeah. i don't think it was oh, the money i don't think it's the money plant chantelle was thinking about no no that's a different one to what i was thinking yes very interesting so very good well done right so um Linda, we've come to the end of our chat. No. I know. It's been fantastic. Thank you so much. It's been really, really enjoyable. I've loved chatting. Love finding all about you as well. And please do, um, listeners, join Linda's Facebook group, Save Money, Make Money, um, where she should will be sharing later on in the year as well all about her future masterclasses and everything else that might be coming up later on in the year. So you definitely don't want to miss out on what she's got to offer. So make sure you join her group, Make Money, um, Save Money, Make Money on Facebook. Um, that's it for today. Um, please do, if you're on your social media while you're joining Linda's group, make sure you follow us, Your Business Hour, on Instagram and on Facebook. And if you are listening to this live on Ridge Radio, then we will be back next week with another guest. And if you're listening to this on our podcast, then remember that all our shows are uploaded onto our podcast every Tuesday. So on a Tuesday, you'll get one of our new podcasts. And this show is available later on to listen to on podcast, along with all our others as well. That's it. Um, We've run out of time. That's it from us. And we will see you again next week. And thank you very much again, Linda. Thank you very much. Thank you both. Take Thanks care. Bye. Thank you. Bye.